Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. So you've all heard about the concept of having the red pill or having the blue pill. It was popularized in the matrix and it was the big decision. Do you go this way or do you go that way? And people have made multiple attempts about explaining how this applies to the real world. For me, there is nothing clearer than truth and truth is looking at the matter of the existential, that is relating to our existence, existence itself, the state of living or objective reality, not subjective. Once you have this picture, you can do one of two things. You can pontificate and say, well, I am so learned and take it in that direction. Or you can survive any onslaughts of the small stuff because you have the big picture squared away. It's what you do with this knowledge that makes all the difference. Most people simply don't have the big picture. Most people are into one of two paradigms. So the first one, as I mentioned before, is the fact that you don't have the bigger picture to start with. Now this means that if you don't have the big picture, that your focus is exactly on what's in front of you. So this sounds good, right? Live in the moment, mindfulness, Buddhism, whatever it is. But any problems that you focus on become your world. If you have a big picture, something that is bigger and beyond, then the problems become small issues and you can blast through any of these problems. Let's move on to a generic example. At work, you have the big picture, you're at work to pay the mortgage. A co-worker annoys you. What happens then? Well, you can deal with it and move on ahead saying, well, I'm just here to make the money. Or you can lament over the issue. Basically, using the big picture can drive you. But if you don't have a big picture, then you don't have a hope. However, some people have a degree of a big picture. But this is not strong enough. This is based on weak foundations. Weak foundations is when the foundation is so weak that you need to draw on all the strength that is in the foundation and there's absolutely nothing there. The best way to explain this is just by going back to that generic example. So you're at work, you're at work to pay the mortgage. Often this is not enough, or is it? Level it up, ask the question, what is the purpose of doing X? What will doing it mean for you? What are your motives for doing X and are they pure? And is there anything else that I could do that would enhance my life even further? In other words, if you draw deep enough, then you will come with the right answer. Just drilling in the question, searching further and further down, rather than accepting what's in front of you, then you will have done it. You've completed blue pill. It will pay dividends. Now, only if you have an open mind and if you're ready, then you're ready for the red pill. So if you'd like to, stick with me and we'll talk about that. So the red pill. If your deeper meaning is materialistic, 
then your foundation is weak. I'm going to say that again. If your deeper meaning is materialistic, then your foundation is weak. Simply because you can't have strength in simple materialistic foundations. So what is materialistic foundations? Things like putting your value, your focus, all of your eggs in one basket of the material, whether it being the house, cars, body aesthetics, money, material things, all of these things, you get it. The next level. The next level is a thing that we look at beyond the material. And this may focus on things like experiences, holidays, maybe accomplishments, goals, altruism. When you donate, you do charity work, whether you go for black belts if you're in martial arts, championships if you're into sports, whatever it is, doing things for yourself with others and for others is so important, but it's not the ultimate. So what is the ultimate? The ultimate is ontology, and that is the purpose. Now, I've talked about this before. So as I said before, you have to have an open mind to accept this. If you accept that you have a purpose, then we have our ultimate. If not, if we're not created, we just evolve, there is no purpose, there's no ultimate. Nothing that you do ultimately matters. You can choose hedonism, find as much pleasure as you can, altruism, try and make yourself feel as good as you can by trying to make other people feel good. You can look for utilitarianism, trying to make the most people happy. Whatever it is, it's all subjective. You could even look at the opposite of these things. You could look at how to be the most aggressive person. And by definition, if it's not objectively true and important and everything subjective, then it doesn't actually matter. Congratulations, you've achieved success in whatever you want, but whatever you've done doesn't ultimately matter. But if there is a real purpose, that means that we have ontology that we're derived from our creator, kind of like an engineer. Let's say you have a metal worker and he makes a horseshoe. It has ultimate utility as being a horseshoe. Although you can use it for a paperweight and it will do the job, it's not fulfilling its full potential. Similarly, you can't use a horseshoe as an iPad. It won't do. It's not actually made for this and it won't be effective. The horseshoe is made for horses' feet. And the connect is the fact that it was made for this by its creator, and when it's used as such, it has its ultimate purpose. Now we get even further. Humans are infinitely more complex. So your job, your job is to work out who is your ultimate creator. I'm not talking about mum and dad. I'm talking about who is your ultimate creator in order to find out what is your ultimate purpose? Now, although this is not a proselytizing podcast, at the deepest level, 10 out of 10 times, it is God. And the only issue that we face is which God? And the fact is that you just have to work it out through looking at what has the most evidence because we're in a situation where we're sitting on this earth, we're rotating around the sun, we've got some tools, we've got some intelligence, and we have to work out how did we get here. 
So we just use the best evidence available to us. So that's your homework. That's your journey. Look around. Look at what is out there on offer. There are so many theories of God. You've got Allah, Jewish, God, Christian. And by observing that it has to have a God, suddenly all the atheistic religions just move to the side. So let's just focus on those that do have a God in it. Now, without preaching, I look towards Jesus, and this has got nothing at all to do with Christianity. Stay with me. Because when you look at different religions, almost all of them incorporate Jesus. So if you look at a few of them, let's look at, say, Islam. 500 years after Jesus was here, we have the Islamic writings that talk about Jesus. And when you look into it, most of the time, these are actually based around the contemporary Gnostic Gospels that were written centuries after Jesus. Contrast this to Christianity, where you have eyewitness accounts, including three bios from eyewitnesses and one who interviewed multiple eyewitnesses, all within the first century when Jesus was here. And that's just one piece of data that looks obvious that Christianity does have the most evidence. So like I said, look into it yourself. Find out what is true. What is the ontology? What is your ultimate purpose? Who is God? And what did he create you for? And once you've done that, then you can start to make real progress. Other avenues you can look at, uh, manuscript evidence, historical evidence, archaeological evidence. You can tell the date based on where we are, 2020, 2020 years since Jesus. So for myself and for most who seriously study comparative religions, it seems to me that Christianity does come up on top. So this is strictly at an academic level, not at an emotional needs level. So now the big picture once you've gone through all of this is, number one, you're created in God's image. So you, me, we all have intrinsic value. Number two, he loves us so much that he died for us. And number three, we're mandated to love others, serve God. And of course, the side effect is that we're commanded not to worry about anything, to spend all of our energy on love, serving and helping is enough. So now, your co-worker annoys you. You have innate worth and so does he. What do you do now? Is it all about the mortgage? Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.